Instead, he worked past midnight on another short news of the day piece, which he managed to turn into a little movie. A mortar had fallen on a building in the town center, which happened many times a day. But what made this one special, Zoltan had told them, was that Serb families shared the building peacefully with Muslims and Croats, even though their Serb cousins were shelling the town. It had been an oasis of reason in a mad world, and now it was in flames. Tom milked the metaphor, even showing a Jew who also lived in the building, playing his fiddle while the residents wailed and cursed as their home burned behind him. You can't make it up, Nick muttered as he filmed the flames licking the collapsing walls, pulling focus from the devouring orange tendrils to the violinist's dancing fingers on the strings, his mournful notes merging with the crackle of burning beams. And again, as Tom fell into his freezing bed, he tore up that dopey nightly message. So what are you thinking of for tomorrow? He wasn't thinking of a story. He was feeling Fata's hand on his head. It was warm and gentle. As he curled up, he tried to remember. Had she stroked his ear, too? He thought so. It had made him shiver. Was it an invitation? He felt himself stir, and a smile came to his lips as he thought of her lush hair pinned up into a bun and the stray strands around her eyes and mouth and the length of her neck, the full flow of her breasts filling her blouse and those eyes, oh, those beckoning eyes. He closed his eyes and turned on his back and imagined it was her hand, a nurse in Kosovo Hospital. Why not? She must need relief from all that pain and fear. All I need is to invite her out for a drink, in that bar with Zoltan and Nick, and then, and then, and she's the only nurse who seems to care for the kid. He had even found her playing the guitar with him, just like a mother. The idea came so suddenly, Tom jolted up. His eyes strained in the dark room, the air conditioning chilled his nose, and he knew he was concentrating hard because he felt his tongue between his lips, its tip exposed which happened when he was truly focused. Nick laughed at him for that. It made him look simple-minded, like a mother. And just like that, for once he had an idea for the next day. It's brilliant, he thought. Risky, but brilliant. Well, risky may not quite cover it. Fucking dangerous. He played the idea out in his head, calculated the upside, the downside, and knew he could do it. Only one thing. Don't tell New York. They'd never buy it. At first light, he called Zoltan on the satellite phone and told him to come in early, wheels up at eight. The rest of the team gathered for breakfast at seven as usual, bleary-eyed, unwashed, cursing the lack of water, blaming the Serbs for their lack of sleep. The Serbs had woken them at four in the morning with a mortar into the top floor. Fucking bastards, Amber said, leaning back and tucking her shirt deep into her trousers. Don't they ever sleep? Will you stop putting your hands inside your pants? Nick said. God, you must be hard up. That's sexy, Amber said, pulling at her zipper. And stop looking at me. Drink your coffee. Anyway, what about the hot chick with the earrings? She's upstairs. Really? Zoltan said, sitting down. Nick smirked and raised his eyebrows. Tom smiled at Nina their Croatian fixer, shaking his head at Nick in mock disapproval. She half-winked back, 
the dreamy Slav, and as she raised her coffee cup in an ironic toast, their eyes lingered. What is she thinking, Tom thought, and not for the first time. So young and so knowing. His look flitted from her to Nick and back, and he thought, they're made for each other, except for one thing. He fancied her himself, like crazy. Who wouldn't? Each time Tom and Nick came to cover the wars in Slovenia, Croatia, or Bosnia, Tom called Nina. She was young, 24, but hardened, as were all the locals.